right, everybody, this is For Film's Sake, the pilot episode, if you will. It's just three normal guys talking about movies for the sake of film. Okay, that joke didn't work. I'm Chris. My chum's with me, Joel, Irv. What's happening, fellas? Everything is good. Everything is good here. This is Irving. So pretty excited to to have this first, you know, opportunity this in, in this podcast to Talk a little bit about movies, something that we like a lot. Uh, hopefully, every, everything is okay. And as Irvin said, I'm a little anxious and, and happy to be here, too. Yes, uh, none of us are movie experts in the very least. But we're passionate about them. We love them. And we're here to talk about them. Let's do this. Okay, so let's start off real quick. We're in the middle of awards season at this moment. And... There are, everybody's talking about what their best films were. Let's go with an alternate topic. So everybody putting out their top 10. You guys seen my top 10. I've seen your top 10s, but everybody has that one movie that not everybody else has. And we want to talk about that for just a moment. So like a teacher in a random classroom, Joel would know about this. <laughs> I'm going to assign one of you to talk about yours on that list. And I'm going to pick on Joel first. What's your movie from 2020 that's in your top 10, but not really anybody else's? Okay, I was just writing, Irvin, that he should go first, but since you chose me, anyways. <laughs> well, uh, the I have a few in my top 10 that are not in the awards conversation, but I think that the one I'm going to focus more is in I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which is still my number one film of the year. Uh, Ooh. It's, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> no one has beaten it yet that I'm thinking of ending things is, is still my, the best film I've ever seen this year. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome. So why do you fight for it? Well, it's directed by Charlie Kaufman. Let's begin with that. You know that Charlie Kaufman is a great uh, screenwriter. He has, uh, he has um, written screenplays for Being John Malkovich, Adaptation, Eternal right. Sunshine, The Spotlight Mine. And this is uh, his second Fisher film, I think, that he has directed ever. But I think he has a, a great grasp of how to direct a movie, um, especially with this one. Uh, he, he manages to say a lot with the language of cinema. He uses editing, um, sound, and cinematography to great success in this film to make it look like how the mind works, you know, our minds works a little disorganized. Uh, People think that because we make uh, prudent decisions, you know, in in real life, uh, it's because our mind are working straightforward, which is not true. Our minds uh, make a lot of uh, decisions all at the same time, many ideas running at the same time. And this movie shows that. Uh, I think he decides to do it that way so, so we can, be certain of whose movie is this, which is the protagonist, uh, Jesse, played by Jesse Plemons. Uh, it's 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 a it's a, a complicated film. <laughs> it's a lot to it's a lot to digest. Uh, uh, of course, uh, I, I'm sure Irv saw it. I saw it, of course, and I was just, I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. It's it's 
uh, the first time I saw it, I was like, what is this? Because it's, it's so much to absorb. It, it obviously needs a, a second watch. Um, right. But I think the first time I really, I think, and I say I think because this is uh, free uh, for, for interpretation, you know, it's, it's not a unique interpretation. But I think I understood the movie the first time. And I think it's a movie about a man that's alone, that's imagining uh, how his life how his perfect life will be. And, and, yeah. and Kaufman is very smart. He uses a lot of uh, cinema uh, greatest scenes, whatever you call it like that. Like he, he, he mentions in sort of way uh, Robert Zemeckis movies. He's not very, uh, he doesn't hide the fact that he wants to like parallel this film with some other films that apparently... Sure thinks well in a uh, ends in a happy in a ends in a happy note because life is not a happy doesn't end in a happy way all the time that's what he's saying i think and he also uses the famous scene from a beautiful mind when he receives the the prize i think uh so yeah he's not shy of 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 being uh ironic and cynic in what he's trying to say get that before and i had seen a, a beautiful mind just recently and i i didn't make that connection so good on you to point that oh out. I, I made it quickly i thought of jennifer connelly <laughs> immediately when i when i saw jesse buckley crying in the crowd it was like oh my god this is from a beautiful mind so so he's trying to send a uh, lots of messages with that film but i think that the most important one is that uh jesse Plemons' character is a low man that uh, thinks he's a great man uh, things women should be within, and I think it's a it's a message that's important in this climate, you know, mm-hmm. where where we're trying to tell men to tell us that women are not our property. Women are not supposed to be uh, to respond to our advances, advantages. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, so, so a man saying that. And with a such with such a complicated film and book to adapt because it's, this is an adapted from a book, right. uh, I think it's it's very smart and I, I think it's it's a movie that maybe right now is not appreciated by people but in the future I think it will be appreciated a lot. Good stuff. All right, let's now go to our main man, Earth. What's your top ten film? Oh my gosh! You know you. Have? <laughs> you guys are putting him in a in a very uh, not difficult spot. I put myself in a in a difficult spot because my movie, it's not any traditional narrative film that we're used to, you know, kind of like uh, watch and digest and all that. Uh, it, the movie is called Boy State, and it is a documentary film um, that it is available actually on Apple um, Apple TV or Apple Plus. I think it's this film. Uh, it it it. I saw it back in the summer and um, I, I like documentary films. I think that some of them can be very engaging and, you know, I, I you know, keeps you glued to your, your chair, even if you're at home, wherever. But in the middle of the pandemic, I found this uh, documentary feel very um, uh, refreshing, but also very relevant because, you know, the premise is pretty simple, you know, in Austin, Texas, um, they celebrate what they call Boy State, which is literally um, a gathering of a thousand, uh, uh, you know, kids, I mean, you know, adolescents who, who have to literally come together to build a representative government, but from zero, from the ground, 
which means that they have to, you know, get uh, the support from their own, like, you know, uh, peers, uh, which that they have to defend their, you know, their their own uh, uh, ideology and obviously their 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 position regarding their their philosophies and how they envision, right. you know, the, the situations that are occurring in, you know, in the world and the obviously in the state of Texas, but also in the in the United States. So the cool thing is that the the film, these two directors capture all of this through a few characters or or actually like not characters, real people, real kids. And these are they they focus on three specifically and their names are Renee Otero, Ben Feinstein, and last but not least, a guy that I know that you will hear from years from now. His name is Steven Garza. I am no I know for sure that that name you guys will hear it in the future. So I mean, I can talk hours about this, but I will only just say that the way that this this documentary is shot, it puts us there. It gives right. us like, for me, I, I'm, and you know me a little bit, uh, uh, Chris, that I like to, um, I rely a lot on my viewing with, with, a, with a movie or the experience with a movie and how I felt and the, the whole, you know, um, experience in full and this one took me by surprise and at moments i was so immersed into what was happening because there are a lot of you know real things real issues that are talking here and you see how they try to manipulate and how to manage things that you're absolutely seeing watching reading in the news today <laughs> you get to see a little bit of what's probably going to be 20 years from now is it um you know encouraging is it like um hopeful yes yes but is it scary oh man yes at, at, <laughs> yes, at I times i was at times i was literally <laughs> feeling like i was watching a horror movie <laughs> well, I, can, <laughs> things... i can just imagine uh the horrors of it uh yeah. a bunch of teenage boys trying to make uh a working government that sounds delightful <laughs> but listen you know I, i mean it's fascinating to see how they they try to defend their own positions because they represent each uh political party and political background that you can imagine and it is um it's, it's very interesting to see how they come together and this is this happens like in, uh, in a time span of like a week boy i'm gonna tell you something There's a scene in that movie that with the music, with the with what is happening at the moment and the way that it's edited, I had goosebumps, man. Mm. I was like, holy cow, this is incredible. And um, the good thing is that it's, you know, it happened. Right, <laughs> it, right. It happens. So this is not fictional. So, so it's, it's pretty cool. Boy State. Boy State. Where is that on your top 10? By December that movie was my second favorite movie of the of the 2020 year oh. but after i had the opportunity to watch uh nomadland and minari sure. uh it probably fell into a fourth you know okay. slot so it's on my fourth slot right now all right well there you go so we got boys state yeah we, <laughs> oh yeah yeah sure I'll, i'll say mine in a bit but we got boys state we got i'm thinking of ending things Anybody who knows me well, like you too, um, and many of the people on my Twitter account or some people who talk films with me know 
that my movie that I fight for from 2020 is Le Choc de Futur, directed by Mark Collin. It's a directorial debut. It's a French film on Letterboxd. It's only been viewed by about almost 650 people. It's not really seen. It's on Tubi, actually, for free. So if anybody is curious, you can check it out. That film, for me, is in the category of personal preference. And I said, when I watched it, I said, this is probably not the greatest film of the year for about 99% of people in the world. But I'm going to make it a point to put it in my top five, no matter where it is. So uh, it stars Alma Jodorowsky. If that name sounds familiar, yes, she is related to the legendary film director Alejandro Jodorowsky. She has Latina blood in her. She's also born and raised in, Fran in France. So she's a delightful star of that film. It's about a young lady in the late 70s who discovers what's going to be the sound of the 80s, which is electronic synth music. That's where uh, it attracts me because I'm a huge fan of synth music. Basically, the film is it's a very short film. It's barely 80, 80 something minutes, but it's basically a single setting film where a creative process is going on. And uh, the, the character of Alma Jodorowsky named Anna is trying to create a song with that sort of sound. So that's basically the film. It's a very simple film. It's a single setting film, but it's so engaging with the music and the creative process that I was just enthralled from the get-go. And it is my number two film of the year. And that has wow. come into question like you guys wouldn't believe. <laughs> I mean, it's just that um, it, it has stayed there. That's what I'm saying, because I know that you have watched... Uh, other movies in the you know in the last few months so you know it might have you know uh, captivate you to to that point that it's you know on your number two list and I put it on my watch list right now I give you my word that I will watch it and I'm pretty sure I bought the DVD I'm pretty sure that I'm the only person in the world or maybe not the only person in the world but maybe you can count on one hand the people that have bought the DVD I should be one of them. <laughs> so that's it should that's, have been signed. It should have been signed by the by, by the directors or by somebody. So just keep it. Maybe that is gonna be your special DVD I um, know. that you will keep. <laughs> I know. And and I was just I just loved everything about it, you know, the the star of the film. I loved the concept and I loved the original score, which was uh, also made by the director who has a background in music. He's a, he's a longtime musician, Mark Collin. And um, that's basically a pretty good uh, start, at least for me. When do you watch it? I watched it the first time during the special South by Southwest Amazon Prime video trial that they had for like a week. And I was, I, I saw a few of them and that's when I first saw it. It was, it premiered during that uh, digital sort of uh, trial for South by Southwest. And um, then I didn't see it again until I bought it a few months back. So anyways, <laughs> y'all awesome. heard it here. 
Joel said he's thinking of ending things, not literally. <laughs> Irv is smack dab in the middle of the boy state, trying to create a government a la Lord of the Flies. I'm kidding. And of course, <laughs> I'm jamming to synth music. Those are our movies that we defend. And let's give you all a break from hearing us talk. So we'll be back right after this short break here for film's sake. returned during the pandemic everybody's watching a lot of movies and everybody's taking care of blind spots so um joel you've been quite a while what's something you've seen for the first time recently well just uh yesterday i watched uh miss juneteenth it's oh, a 20 yeah nice. yeah it's a 2020 film Uh, it's nominated for four Indie Spirit Awards, which is the reason why I watched it, because uh, <laughs> I'm voting for the Indie Spirits this year. Yay. Nice. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, we, so, got a, we, got, we got a glamorous uh, co-host here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I wanted to watch it before, before being nominated, but since it, they were going to send me a screener and everything, I just waited for, for them to send it so, so I could watch it. And I love the film. I, I like it very much. Uh, it's about a mother-daughter relationship because the mother uh, was uh, at some point of her life Miss Juneteenth. For those who don't know what Juneteenth is, it's a celebration in Texas particularly where they celebrate the freedom of slavery two years after the fat because uh, the slaves in Texas didn't know they were free two years after the fat. So they celebrate that moment and it's in, in June 19 that they celebrate it. And there's a, there's a pageant. This, this, this pageant is celebrated. It's still celebrated in, in Texas uh, called Miss Juneteenth where a black uh, woman, a black girl, sorry, uh, participates. And if she wins, she wins a scholarship for, for a, a historic black university. Uh, So, yeah, the mother at some point was Miss Juneteenth, but unlike many Miss Juneteenth before her, uh, she didn't find uh, success, whatever mm. that means. And she wants that her daughter uh, has that success that she didn't have when she was a girl. Uh, but the daughter doesn't want to be Miss Juneteenth. You know, she, 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 she's only doing it because her mother is telling her to. But the thing is that this movie works uh, Uh, with the mother-daughter relationship. And, and I love the dynamic between the two actresses, Nicole Behari, who plays Turquoise, the mother, uh, Alexi Chikaisi, who plays Kai, mm -hmm. the daughter. And they're so good. Uh, I think Shannon Godfrey Peoples, who is the director of the film, did a great job at making that relationship work. There are some other things that might have been better. Uh, I don't know, some directing de decisions in in pacing and, and cinematography. But other than that, I think the, the movie is, is, is good. Uh, it has a lot to say about how uh, 
a mother has to struggle to be a great mother, but also how a black woman has to be a great black woman because they they somehow still today in in, in the 21st century black women had to uh, go to a higher standard. They, they, right. they people people uh, judged into a higher standard than woman, uh, white woman, and men, obviously. So. Right which is not fair, you know, uh, especially when we see this mother that's doing everything for her daughter to be successful and have all the things that she didn't have when, when she was young. young. And, and even though she is trying to kind of uh, live vicariously through the success of her daughter, in a sense, mm -hmm. Nicole Bihari's portrayal is so wholesome and so sweet even though she is a little strict with her daughter, which is something that, you know, parents usually are when they want the best for their children. She did it in, in a way that is so charming and so loving, and you could see it in her portrayal, and you could see it in the direction of Channing Godfrey Peoples. Terrific film. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I like the performances a lot, especially hers, because it feels so real. Like, I saw I, I watched her and I said like, oh, this is how my mother probably would behave like if, if I were a girl because, you know, <laughs> I don't know, you know, the, the disadvantages of being a woman right now, but but yeah, it, it felt real it felt and I saw this at some point in my life with other with with other uh, girlfriends, you know, so so mm -hmm. yeah. So Irv, what did you see? <laughs> mine uh, the reason why that i that that i will you know uh include here was a classic it's a 1986 uh john hughes film called ferris bueller's day off well man. and i think you know I, I i was avoiding to watch it um uh, for a while for a long time and uh i was sitting on my couch one day and i was like you know what i'm, I'm just gonna give it a try because i i think that has been in my blind spot for 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 a while and um, I, I wanted to see it, even though, um, you know, some certain jokes and, and things I don't think that have aged that well, right. I still do believe that um, it has this incredible, amazing charm that um, obviously it's, you know, catapulted um, uh, Matthew Broderick um, into, you know, if we can call, you know, superstardom at that time. And I think that, um, it was um, it was very infectious. I think that the energy of the movie was very very good. Um, so I could understand why it's such a classic. You know why it's considered for so many people such a classic. And and based on the budget, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you have any idea how much this movie cost to make? Just hmm. say a number. <laughs> Just I, a I number. Just give me I, a number. I I I I don't know if I dare say a number. But the way you're selling this. It's, I sort of feel like maybe it was a higher budget than you'd think. <laughs> Joel, I want to hear you. Just give me a number. It's fine. It's I, I'm going fine. the other way around. I think it's less than we think. I think like less than $100,000 maybe. <laughs> it had a $5.8 million budget. And uh, it ended up making at the box office $70 million, which at that time was a big thing. Uh, it was a big deal in the in the box office. So um, it's it's very interesting uh, how to uh, you know have the opportunity to watch something that it's you know almost my age 
and I'm just saying my age, but I'm saying that it's it's a very you know like uh, uh, it's an '80s movie, and it has right. all this energy of the of the era. And I and I certainly think that um, you know it. I, I believe that the performance of Matthew Broderick is incredibly charismatic, and I and I think that um, it it is it was very surprising. It was very good. It was better than what I thought it was going to be. Hmm. All right, so. I recently sat down to take care of a blind spot myself, and I checked out a 1969 Mike Nichols film by the name of The Graduate. Well, of course, we know the famous line, you're trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson. The <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel soundtrack, which is fantastic. And of course, a very young Dustin Hoffman, which is weird because his father, played by William Daniels, known to most of our generation as Mr. Feeney in Boy Meets World, was just 10 years older than him at the time. So uh, it's, it's a pretty interesting film. Uh, very sordid sort of themes of seduction and, and all that sort of stuff. I didn't completely connect with it because you're supposed to root for Dustin Hoffman's character. And I didn't see myself rooting for Ben Braddock at all because he was kind of unlikable. He didn't want to be sociable with people. And he was always like in, you know, sort of slumping around. I'm afraid for my future, all that sort of thing. And I just could not see. And it was, it's strange because Irv, you mentioned Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I see similarities between those characters in the sense that they're not completely likable characters, but things go right for them a lot. And uh, yeah. dur during the graduate, I kept, I kept seeing like, why do things go right for this guy? <laughs> He's not even <laughs> trying. He's like super unengaging and things keep going right for him. So, uh, but it was beautifully filmed. Um, there are a lot of uh, filmmaking um, techniques and decisions that I'm pretty sure influenced many of what we see today from current filmmakers. And of course, you know, Simon and Garfunkel playing in the background, you know, it's never not a good time. So, so that's the blind spot that I recently took care of. That is something. Sick. That is a movie that I will see um, at, at some point because um, it's on my list of you know classics um, that uh, are a must see, as I've heard from from a lot of people, including you. Now that about wraps it up. So we're out of time here in this pilot episode of For Film's Sake. I want to thank my chums Irv and Joel. Keep watching those movies, people, and we will be with you next time for Film's Sake. Later. 